Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We're busy with a series called You Are Here. When you're walking in a mall or in a big building or in a theme park and, and you always look for a board that says you are here. Remember? All of us have used it. All of us have seen it. But in this series, we want to look at how do I get in my relationship, get from where I'm now to a place where I want to be or where I know that God wants me to be. Now, last week we started with this and we started with week one and we look at four groups of people. Four groups of people that, that through a survey that they've done through hundreds of churches worldwide a couple of years ago, they've watched and they've seen how do people grow in church? And how do people, or how do churches go about discipling and helping people to, to be mentored and grow in a relationship with God? And that's very important. I mean, we don't come to church and we just sit here and we go home and, yeah, yeah next week we come again and you just stay the same. We need to grow in our relationship with God, otherwise we stagnate. And if you stagnate, you might as well backslide, which is basically the same. We need to grow. We are called to advance God's kingdom with them um, and be part of that advancement in our lives. Now, so last week we looked at the study, and the study divided the people into four groups. Group number one was the following. It is people that is currently exploring God. You're not saved yet, but uh, they don't have a, um, a, a relationship with God yet, but they're exploring. They're exploring. They are in a process of stepping into fellowship with God. Then the next group is a group that is uh, with people that's beginning in God. They got saved. Now they're beginning a relationship with God. They're beginning a bunch of new stuff. It's an awesome, exciting season in their lives. Then you get to group number three. It is people who are close to God. They've been journeying with God. They've been in this journey for a while. They, they, they've been through a bunch of stuff in church and, and with people and, and in a community of believers, which is amazing. And uh, we'll look at that as well in, uh, next week. And then group four is people who is God-centered. People who are, know exactly how where to focus and how they've grown in their relationship with God. And that's where we all want to be. But, but it's not the final place that we grow to. We always grow in God. We always grow from a place where our God centered to deeper and deeper and deeper into Him. Now one very important thing that we need to remind ourselves is that all three and all four of these groups of people are growing. You're not worse off in group one or group four, that's fine, that's where God has you, but you're growing. All of us are growing. All of us are growing to that next level. All of us are growing into that, that, that something special that God wants you to grow into. And all of us are growing in relationship with God. That is, all a, that is what it's all about. Now through our series, we're looking at a topic um, for each group each week, and um, uh, specifically. So group one, we're looking at fellowship. Last week we spoke about fellowship. You're stepping into a place where you are now in fellowship with others. And in a place of fellowship, you get to be drawn closer God to a place where you get born again, you step into salvation, and God does something in your life. So, so we spoke about last week that the seed in your life are growing before you're born again, like a baby in a womb. The baby grows before the, the birth. And it's the same with a the Christian. They come to church because they're exploring church, they're exploring Christianity. There's a seed in their lives that is growing, and suddenly there's a born again moment. Then we get to the next 
group and, and we are stepping into a relationship with God. It's a relational moment with God. And, and we're going to speak about that more today, about how you step into that relationship with God. Now, how do I grow? I just got saved and how do I grow more, Lord? Then week three, um, or the third group, we're going to speak about discipleship. And now I'm, I'm man, I'm there. I'm, 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 I'm a... I'm a, what did I want to say? I'm, I'm, I'm close to God. I'm growing in that relationship with God. But now I need to step up and I need to grow even further in a place of discipleship in my life. I need people to speak into my life. I need people to mentor me. I need people to help me to grow to that next level so that I also can start discipling others. It is always an important part of our lives. And then the, the fourth group where we are God-centered, now you're stepping into a place of lordship. And you're stepping into that place of saying, Lord, I'm now so centered on you. I want to sift everything in my life through the Lordship of Christ. That's where you grow towards. Now, it's very important that last week um, we spoke about how do, the, 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 the important question that we asked last week is, so, any, how do I move from one group to the next? Now, it's not moving from group to group and now you're getting... Yeah, you get a badge, and then group two, you get another badge, and then, no, no, it is, it is a growing process in God. It means that people that is, that is close to God and God's sin is not better off. God loves us all the same. He loves us all the same, but He loves us growing in Him. So, so how do I move in my growth process with God from the first group to the second group to the third? How do I move? Now, the way people move from one group to the next, or one level to the next, is when they choose to believe a truth. Now, to move from group one to group two, the most important principle to learn and to get is the, the principle of grace. You see, you can only move from unsaved to saved if you know the grace of God. It's by the grace of Jesus that He released on the cross that we are saved today. It is not by works it is by grace. So that's the number one uh, important principle we need to understand if you want to move from group one to group two. If you want to move from group two to group three, or people moving and, and growing, we need to get to a place where, where we believe that God's word is the final authority in our lives. There's a place. God's word is an essential part of our life and our growth. From now I, I met God, it's a new beginning. But now I need to go, and I need to grow closer to God. Only way you're going to grow closer to God if you realize that the Word is going to get you there, is going to mature you, <laughs> and it's going to become the final authority in your life. I always, every decision that we make in our home, goes through the Word. I want to know, what Lord, what do your Word says about this decision that I make, want to make? To, when we plant this church, if you come to me and say, Henny, um, how did you plant the church? The first thing I'll tell you is like God gave us two words. He gave us Isaiah 60. He gave us John 1 verse 4 and 5. He gave us scriptures. So from the word, God motivated us like this is what I want you to do. See, the word became our final authority. And then when you want to move from group 3 to group 4, you have to start live and believe this truth. Giving. Now some people's like, oh, here we go on money again. There we go, Henny. No, it's not about money. It's probably a very small part of it, but it's giving our lives. It's giving who you are. And when you start giving who you are, you become God-centered. And that's where we need to, if you start getting that truth in your life, then there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a level up in our relationship with God. 
Now, Jesus actually spoke about this in the book of Mark. We, we look at a survey and what they do to churches, but you go back to Mark 4 and you realize, but hey, man, Jesus spoke about this 2,000 years ago. And we're going to look at that, and it's also our core scripture for our series. And we're going to read it together. I'll read, and, and you can just say amen. <laughs> it says, Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat, and then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. I said last week how intentional Jesus was to create an, an, uh, amplif- uh, to amplify the sound from water to the people. Then, then he taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain or fruit. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they sprouted, they grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and 100 times um, as much as it had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Great scripture. Right after Jesus told this parable, um, the people left and the disciples came to Jesus and said, listen, man, wh- what did you mean by that? We didn't understand any of it. And Jesus in verse 13 said the following to them. He said, then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand any of, of the parables? Very important. See, if we miss this parable, then we miss all the others. And the Bible has been written so symbolic that it is... Um, uh, that's a big word. They say the Bible is written parabolically. <laughs> I don't know if that's even the right word, but um, there's so much parables in the Bible, even the Old Testament. It speaks about birds when it speaks about Satan. It speaks about bread when it speaks about the Word, and he uses parables and, and examples to illustrate the Word for us. Now, Jesus said this and said, if you don't understand this one, how will you understand any other one? And that's why we want to take four weeks to dive into this parable that Jesus told. Now, remember, the parable doesn't speak about four different people. It doesn't speak about three bad people and one good guy. Three bad guys who didn't get it and one good guy who got it. It it didn't speak about that. You see, Jesus is talking about a bad enemy. You speak about the enemy and how we can overcome the enemy in each stage of growth in our lives. Because the enemy is going to come at you when you're growing. He hates it when you grow in God. And he's going to come and try to derail the process of God in your life. Now remember all of these truths that Jesus shared in Mark 4 is not just about moving up the ladder. Come on. It's like, how can I, when I got saved, I, I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I want to be vulnerable. I got saved. My first conversation, my first coffee that I had with my cell group leader, I said, okay, how do I do this thing, man? How can I get up there and preach and do things and be a cell leader? And he said, no, Henny, it's not about that. It's not about moving up the ladder. It's all about your heart. Although, remember, God is outside of time. <laughs> he doesn't go with your timing. He's patient with you. 
But see, he doesn't, it's not about growing up or moving up the ladder. It's all about how we overcome the enemy as we grow. How do you overcome the enemy in your life as you grow when temptations and stuff comes in your life? Um, there's a scripture in Revelation 12, verse 11. I love this scripture and there's so many in it. But it says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And by the testimony, sorry. I know the King James, the new King James. And he says, And they did not love their lives as much as they were afraid to die. Now this is exactly the three important truths that we just spoke about. You need to catch three important truths to move from stage to stage in growth in your life. Number one is the blood of the Lamb. That's the grace of God. We need the blood of the Lamb because the blood of the Lamb released the grace in your life so that you can be forgiven. Number two is the testimony, the word of your testimony. That's the word of God. We need the word of God. It is so powerful in your lives. And I always say, if, if John can come and he can compare the testimony of you and your life, the word of your testimony, the testimony of Jesus with the blood of the Lamb, just think how powerful your testimony is. The blood of the Lamb was one of the most defining moments in the history of man, and God comes and said, your testimony is just as powerful. And then finally he said, and they did not love their lives as much as they were afraid to die. That's giving. That's giving right there, giving your life. Lord, I'm, a, I, I'm willing to give my life to you. I don't have to go into ministry. God called you as an engineer or, or a developer, whatever you are, but you be giving our lives on a daily basis to Him of who He is and who He is in our lives. And Lord, how can I grow? Three things. So let's, take an, uh, so, so let's look at group two today. Let's look at the second group where we are in a new beginning in God. Now let's look at it where Jesus, after the disciples said, Jesus, tell us, explain to us how did this parable works. And verse 16 and 17, he speaks about group two. He speaks, he said, The seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now let's look at it this way. See, a person steps into a place of fellowship, group one. You're you in that level, you come and you're you exploring God. I come with my friends to church and I see how it's all about and I go seek a church where I want to find a place where I feel I belong and I'm still exploring and I, I, I'm not sure if I, I know God yet or not. And then you get to a place where you receive God. You get born again and you step into that group two level where you said, Lord, now this is a new beginning for me. This is a new beginning. This is a place where I'm growing in you. Man, but this is a very vulnerable stage in our lives. A very vulnerable. Why? Because it's just like a newborn baby. How many of you, um, all the mums here, when you get your baby and, you, and in that first week you just leave the baby in the cot there and you go about your, I mean, the baby will be fine. No way. I mean, that's not, absolutely not this, the stupidest thing ever. I mean, you, you nurture that baby. You keep that baby close to you all the time. That baby is special to you. Do you have to make sure that the baby eat, that the baby eat the right stuff? I mean, it, it is not. <laughs> and in that, in that stages of our lives, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable because that's the place where what you eat and if you eat and, and, and how much you eat is very important. What do you get into your life? That is important. Now, I've... Um, 
Um, I, I, I read an article yesterday, I was thinking, should I share this or not? But anyway, it's so powerful. And, and I, I read this, this, this article, of, and they spoke about the Emperor Frederick, who ruled the Roman Empire in the 13th century. And, and he wanted to know, what was man's original language? Think about it. What was the earth and the human being's original language? And he was so um, thinking about this. I mean, this thing just um, took all of his thinking, and he said he's going he's to make an experience. So he took two or three infants, and what he did is um, he isolated them from a human voice and from relationship. And he reasoned with them that, that eventually, with nobody speaking to them and nobody having a relationship with them, eventually they will speak the natural tongue of man. <laughs> So he took nurses and that were sworn to absolute silence, and, um, and, and, and I think it was quite tough for them. And, and they abided by the rule. They're just coming in, fed the child, and go out. No relationship, no voice, no speaking to them, no nothing. And the infants never heard a word, nor a sound of a voice, or someone who nurtured them. No, n never. Within a few months, all of them passed away. All of them. Nurtured enough food, but there was no relationship, there was no voice, there was no connection in their lives. See, we are made for that. We are made for relationship. We are called to have people around us that can speak to us, that can love us, that can, that can I mean, we need people. I don't know about you. Some days I feel, I, know, I just want to lock myself and watch a movie or lie on a couch and just be alone. Um, but it, it is not natural. God loves us when we mingle and when we fellowship. That's why we have a culture in this church that, welcome, we're going to have coffee. The church is going to start 15 minutes later, but we're going to have coffee. Because that is a value in our church. God created us with one purpose in mind, and that was to have a relationship with us. Now, there's two important things. When you're going through stage two in your life, you just had a new beginning in God. Man, you're growing. You, I mean, this is so, it's so fun to come to church. It's fun to read my Bible. I'm in that place. But it is very important to be aware of two very important things when you're beginning something new in God. Number one is, what is Satan's plan? Because he's got a plan for you. Just as God has a plan for you, Satan's got a plan for you. And there's a scripture in John 10 verse 10 that says the following, and it starts out with the A part of the scripture. It says the thief, that's the enemy, that's Satan, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his plan. He wants to take you out. He doesn't want you to grow. He hates it when a Christian grows. Now, Remember last week I spoke about the first group in the scripture where, um, where, uh, where Jesus spoke about the seed that was sown on the rocky ground and the birds came and immediately took the seed. Now let's read it together in verse 15 to 16. Jesus actually spoke about it. It says, The sower sows the word and these are the ones that were, were um, sorry, the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And we spoke about that. Did you know that Satan can steal the word out of your heart? He can. Jesus said it. It is written in red that Satan comes immediately and he takes the word out of your heart because he hates it as you grow in the word of God. How many of you heard an incredible sermon? Man, it touched your life and you walk out Monday and said, man, I heard a nice sermon. 
whew, you, it's like so somebody asks you, so what, what, what was the sermon? It's like, um, man, I, I can't really remember. It was amazing. Come on. That's why we write down. That's why we make notes. That's why we go and read it again. That's why you get it into your heart so that the enemy cannot come and steal because he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. You see, to remember the battle is always against the word. What was the word? The seed that was sown. And if you go and listen to the parable, Jesus said the seed was sown and this happened to the seed. Then the seed was sown again and this happened to the seed. Then the seed was sown again and this happened to the seed. But finally the seed was sown and it was fruitful and it became 30, 60, and 100 fold. The battle is always against the seed as Jesus told. Now the enemy wants to make a move before your lives becomes rooted. <clears throat> it's important to, to, to get that this morning. The enemy wants to make a move in your life before the word becomes rooted in your heart. Now the question is, Lord, is the, is the word rooted in my heart? Is it really? Is there a word that really encouraged me to live better, to grow in you? Is the word rooted? This is a good question. I ask that, word, uh, that question a lot. Lord, is the word rooted in my heart yet? Then number two, the same very important thing that you need to ask yourself is, what is God's plan? What's Satan's plan? Because we know he's got a plan. But what is God's plan in your life? Because he's got a plan. Definitely, we know that. Otherwise, you won't be born. He's got a plan for your life. Look at the B part of John 10. I have come that, that, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. God's plan is that you have abundant life, that you have life in everything you do, that there is life and not just life, abundant. I always say we serve a God that is more than enough, not just enough. He didn't come say, oh, you've got enough. Stop. No, no, there's always more than enough. Your cup runs over. There is more than enough in your life. We need to realize that that is who our God is. You see, he, His purpose for us is to start, uh, from the start, was to step into a relationship with Him and with others, and the others need to be like-minded and rooted. We need that people in our lives. That's God's plan. He needs us to have a relationship with other people that is like-minded and rooted. And I always ask myself, listen, we need to have friends in the world. I need to have unsafe friends. Otherwise, how's gonna, how am I going to lead people to Christ? But I also need people in my life that I can have fellowship with who is like-minded and rooted in the Word so that they can build me they can grow me. They can help me. They can encourage me. That's why we need a church who is word-based and rooted in the word. Very important. Now John 15 verse 4 says the following. It says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. See, God wants us to bear fruit in our lives. He wants it. I mean, he didn't, it's like a farmer who plants a tree, and, and it's like a, a, a peach tree. I grew up with my granddad with all these lovely peach trees in his garden. Man, I, when I was this young, I, I couldn't wait on Friday afternoons when I go to my granddad, and we're going to eat some peaches, and he takes his, his little knife, pocket knife, and we'll, I, I can pick the peach. It's like that, that one day, and then he takes his leather, and he takes this nice peach, and he, I mean, it's amazing. I didn't enjoy the, the, the shade I was standing in. I enjoyed the peach. I wanted the peach. 
And a farmer doesn't come and plant a tree and say, oh, it's going to be like a shade, this man. <laughs> huh? He wants the fruit and the tree. He wants to taste that sweet peach because that was the, the potential of the tree that he planted. God says, if you abide in me, there will be fruit in your life. If you abide, if you connect to me, if you make sure there's people in your life around you that can, that can encourage you to abide more and to be rooted more, there's going to be more fruit in your life. He wants us to bear fruit. And the only way we will ever bear fruit and have a prosperous life is if we plant the seed of the Word in our lives, in our hearts. Therefore, it's essential for us to let the seed, His words, be rooted in our lives. I need the Word to be rooted in my life. You need the Word to be rooted in your life. Now, when Joshua, Joshua, Old Testament, took over from Moses, it was probably the biggest promotion the world has ever seen. A young guy, it's like, hey, Josh, come here. Moses is dead. You're going to take this few million people and lead them. Don't worry, they're a bit moany and they, 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 they're a bunch of guys. Who stayed. I mean, that was quite hectic. This was not a normal promotion. This was a big promotion. Lord, I can just think Josh is like, Lord, I like sitting under the tent, the, 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 what, the door of the tent. Just experience your presence there. I don't want to come in. Can, can you resurrect Moses, please? <laughs> but God says no. And if you read the scriptures in Joshua 1, God didn't come to Joshua and say, okay, I'm going to give you some leadership tips. Are you ready? You write down. He didn't say that. He just came and he said, Joshua, the most important thing you need to pay attention to is this. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Final authority. See, that's, that's your final authority, Joshua. He said, for then you will make your way prosperous. But most of us, we want to make our way prosperous before we be rooted in the Word. Lord, I want to be prosperous first, and then I'll see. Maybe I'll be rooted then, I'll read my Bible more. But first show me, Lord. God says, no, no, Joshua. No, dude. You need to come here. This is your number one principle in life. If you get this right, then you'll have good success. You'll be a good leader. You'll be better than Moses. Everything that Moses has given you plus you will be better. That's the rule of discipleship. You see, when I disciple someone and journey with someone, they need to be eventually better equipped and more growing than me. Because with all my potential that I'm giving them and equipping them with their potential, they need to be better. That's how the kingdom is advancing. So sometimes we need to be secure when young men comes up and they grow, outgrow you. It's been happening to me a lot. And I'm celebrating that because God is growing those men and those women. I still hear about all the students that I've been journeying for 20 years with. And it's so amazing. See, God said to Joshua, no matter how huge the task is, Josh, or your calling in your life, it all comes down to your root system. What are you rooted at? comes down to your root system. Make sure His Word, God's Word, is rooted in your heart. That's the most important thing. Now, when a person steps into a relationship with God, they start to understand the Word. Suddenly, oh, man, I can I remember when I got saved, I opened the Word, I was like, this is amazing. It was always so boring, now suddenly it's amazing. 
I'm just honest. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I, I remember I come to cell groups like, man, you should hear this scripture. Psalm 23. I was like, uh, yeah, where were you? <laughs> it's like I'm saved. But suddenly the word becomes, makes sense in our lives. It makes sense. We are excited about the new beginnings. Man, I want to go to every church meeting, every group meeting, every gospel show, everything. It's just amazing. But the danger for that person is if they don't take the time to get the word rooted in their life. I just want to get up the ladder. I want to do all the cool stuff. But they don't get that place, get to the place where the word gets rooted in your life. You see, the word did the word did germinate in our lives and in, in, in a person, but they don't take time to get the word rooted in their hearts. Group two. Shallow soil was shallow. It was shallow. You see, roots develop underground, out of sight, where nobody sees. Where you sit alone in your room, you open your Bible and you read, you start praying. That's where roots, roots start developing in your life. But the issue is most people want the visible results of fruit, but they don't want to develop the root system necessary to sustain the fruit. We need to be patient in the process of God developing our root system in our lives. And it takes time to every morning open your Bible. Get that word in your life. And if it takes you a week to read through one psalm, great. Get it rooted in your heart. My big issue always in my life was how fast can I go through the Bible so I get the Bible. I want everything. And then God just said, whoa, just take your time. Step through every revelation that I give you. Make that thing be rooted in your heart. Make sure you remember it. You see, a seed that germinates in shallow ground will put all its energy into growth above the ground because there's nowhere else to grow to. Shallow ground. So all its energy will go quickly, sprout, germinate. Wow, beautiful green. Oh, it's so amazing. So at first it looks better than the seed who's putting in the effort building the root system. It's looked better. Ooh, wow. Look how quick this guy's growing. That's amazing. Huh? Well, when we need to give him a group. We need to give him, give him leadership. Give him leadership. How about the root system? See, sometimes the, the seed grows quick because the shallowness of the soil doesn't give it the, 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 the momentum to build that root system in their lives. But see, but when the sun comes, the challenges of life, the turmoils, the stuff, the issues comes, it starts drying out that plant and the root system because the root system isn't there to sustain it. I remember when I was in Poch, I grew up in Poch and I was in ministry there for 15 years and we had a congregation with 1,000 students, a lot. I, I, I kid you not, weekly. And of course, I didn't know all of, all of them. It's 1,000 students, it's a lot. I had a lot of leaders, looked at everybody. But weekly, I, we had a new student come and said, hey, Henny, pastor, pastor, See, I did just sets and I did this pastoral study and this courses and I have did Bible school for 70 years and, and, that's an, and I'm ready to preach. When can I preach? <laughs> I said, well, hello, hi, I'm Henny, <laughs> by the way. Um, but maybe you should do our foundations class and this and then come to my connect group and then after a couple of months we journey together, let's see where you're at. And then I never see them again. 
unfortunately. And I was not nasty. I was looking for a root system. I know you may be rooted in a different, but, but, but here in my life and where we are at, I need to make sure that when the challenges and the turmoils of life comes, that you are rooted. You can't just jump up the ladder and start preaching and do, oh, it's so amazing. Woo, woo. I see all the leaves, but there's no fruit. Why did you think Jesus came to the fig tree? And he was annoyed there was no figs on the tree. But it was nice, green and lush, because it was, it was the season for figs. Because I believe that tree was on shallow ground. There was no root system. There was no root system. And Jesus said, you were supposed to bear fruit. And because you are not bearing fruit, you will die. That's what happens when you don't have a root system. You see, people want to experience the benefit of the Word that are visible in their lives, but they don't want to just spend time alone with God. I want to speak at my home group. I want to speak. I want to be a leader. I want to be this. But I'm not willing to start sitting with God alone, building that root system where nobody sees. I always say to my men, who are you when nobody's looking? Who are you when nobody's watching? Who are you then? Because we can easily put the face mask on and say, Hallelujah, Jesus, Amen. But who are you? Who am I? See, when we spend time with God alone in His Word, we let the Word get rooted and established in our hearts. And that's what we need. Now, there can be visible results in a person's life who only listens to someone else minister the Word. It can be. I love listening to sermons and listening to stuff, and we need to listen and get that Word in our lives. But when things get tough, only the Word that is from personal roots sustain you. That, and, and, and I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying it's good to, to listen to sermons. It's great. I listen to a lot of sermons. I listen to a lot of people, and I love it. But I realize there needs to be a time in my life where I've built the personal roots, the personal revelations out of the Word, starting thinking and praying and reading Word that I don't understand, going to a friend saying, man, I don't understand these things. Help me. And that thing gets rooted in my life. We need that personal roots in our lives. You see, during trials, tribulations, persecutions, guess what? The enemy's number one thing in that moment is to stop you from, from, from bearing fruit in your lives. I mean, he jumps on those moments. Oh, I see. Oh, Stephen's got a trial. I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to get him to not bear fruit in this. That's how the enemy works. He uses this as tools so that, so that you don't grow. You see, tough moments like that are not tests that God gives us, but it is tools the enemy uses designed to take your attention off the Father. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if your attention is of God, your attention is going to be on something else. See, it's like a runner who is arguing with the official during the race of how the race should be run. He's going to win the argument, but he's going to lose the race. Because <laughs> you need to run the race. Stop arguing and trying to be right, but run the race. You see, like God encouraged Joshua, he said, we must not let anything distract us from meditating on God's word day and night. Joshua, just make sure, man. If there's anything, start meditating on a word. This is how you're going to lead. This is how you're going to be successful. This is how you're going to run your business. This is how you're going to run your family. This is how you're going to be encouraged when you're not encouraged. 
By consistently giving God's Word first place in our lives, we will develop a root system that can face anything in life. Anything. And if you struggle to face things in your life, then go back and say, okay, Lord, my foundations need to be worked on. I need to get rooted in this. I need to get rooted in this. Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 11. Now, Psalm 119 was written by a bunch of young men passionate about God. Listen to what this young man said. He said, how can a young man stay pure? How can a young man stay in the Word, be connected to God by obeying the Word? I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. Then he says, and I love this, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart. So let me end with a question this morning. How can we hide God's word in our hearts so that when we face the challenges of life, that we don't fail? Because the challenges are going to come. It's like, it's, if people think there's, no, there's not going to be challenges in life, it's, it's like a, a person staying in Stellenbosch believing it's never going to rain. Eh? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. So wake up call tomorrow for those persons. <laughs> but see, storms are going to come. And we can't ask God for a storm-free life. We need to build a storm-proof life in our lives by being rooted in the Word. That's important in our lives. How are you rooted? What is your foundation? There's two things that is very important to make sure we don't fail. And that is two things, to meditate and to memorize. To meditate and to memorize. See, that's what God said to Joshua. Make sure that you meditate on the Word. God said, what are you meditating on? Because what you meditate on is going to rule your life. What you meditate on is going to steer you towards something. So make sure you meditate every day on the Word. That doesn't mean that I need to walk with my Bible on my head. I'm not allowed to say any other word than hallelujah. I'm not, listen, we're not religious, man. We live in this life, but we rule in this life. Therefore, I need the Word in my heart. And if I've got the Word in my heart, I'm going to meditate on the Word. And if I meditate on the Word, it's going to steer me and direct me. To get rooted in our hearts, we need to meditate on it every day. It's like taking an evening walk. And then when I take an evening walk, I have to take my flashlight. But my flashlight needs to be charged every night when I get back home so that I can take my walk tomorrow night. So when I forget to charge my flashlight, guess what? I've got a dead light. So what we can say there, we can say that it is our walk with God that will cause our light to be charged. If you walk with God you're going to remember to charge the light. If you walk with God, you're going to make sure that you root it in the Word. We need the Word in our lives. I remember when I lived, I lived in London for six months, when I was still running professionally, and um, I was injured, and I had a moment to go to London. I, I've told the story to all of you. And I remember when I got there, I had a specific amount of pounds because I'm going to get a job quickly. And then I got there by week two, I realized... I'm not going to find a job very quickly. <laughs> so I was busy living out the pounds that I had in my pocket, that my dad borrowed me. And, and, and he had to do a bunch of stuff to really borrow me that money. It was 20 rand to a pound in that year. That was 20, 2004. That was a long time ago. 
And I was looking for a job and I was this and I was getting stressed after week two because I'm eating up the money that I have to be a, 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 like a, a, um, a lifeline. And, I was, and, and the only thing I could remember is grab the word. I grabbed the word. I took the word and I started meditating on every scripture on provision and financial provision in my life. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply in all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 3.20, my God will do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. And I went on and I started getting that word in my life. I started confessing it. I started meditating it. I started memorizing that scripture. And every time that emotions came, I mean, I was so rooted in the scripture that I just said, no, my God said in the word that he will supply in all my need through his riches in Christ Jesus. In glory by Christ Jesus, by the way. And, and I mean, there were so many of it. I mean, I, had, I, I started with my devotions in the morning, and I had a 20 minute of just memorizing Scripture and just confessing Scripture over my life. Just confessing Scripture over my life. Today, if you come to me, there is something that is rooted in my life is financial provision in our lives. It is. And we have to step through a bunch of stuff in our lives, even planting this church. I mean, uh, somebody said to me, it's like, Henny, how did you plant this church with nothing? We planted it with nothing. I said, no, no, we didn't plant it with nothing. We planted it with a word. I said, but you didn't have a salary. I said, yeah, I had a partial income, but we had nothing, if you look at it like that. But I had a word. And I started confessing the word. And because I was rooted personally in finances and provision in my life, we just said, Lord, you've got a word, you're going to supply and my God supplies in all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And He will just not to supply. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I think or ask or do. And God is doing that. Wow, Henny, you are good. No, no, no. God is good. His Word is alive. His Word is rooted in our lives. And that's just one example. I'm not just money focused. I'm just giving you an example. And the same with your health. If you're struggling through health issues, what are you meditating on? Take the word. Take that word. Say, through his stripes, I'm healed. Lord, I'm taking that word. Every stripe that you have given on that cross that you have taken, Lord, I'm healed. So I'm starting meditating on that scripture. I'm getting that rooted in my life. And when it's rooted in my life, when sickness or disease comes and says, Nope, sorry, your time is gone. Jesus already kicked your butt. <laughs> Am I speaking to someone here this morning? You see, we need the root, the, the word to get stuck in our hearts, to be rooted in our hearts. And when you're in a place, maybe you're here this morning and you're beginning in God. And it's good. That's amazing. What a great place to be in. Make sure you're rooted. Make sure there's men and women around you that can look at you and say, man, how are you doing? How's the word in your life? What are you reading? What church are you connected in? Where are you having men and women in your life that, that can challenge you, that can love you, that can pull you into community? See, we need to be deepened in our relationship with God, and we, therefore we need to be deepened in the, in the Word daily. Deepened. It's so important. It's so important. I want to end with this. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. In a Passion Translation, it says the following. It says, what delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. In the New King James it says, who meditates in his ways. Isn't it amazing? He says, he won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's ways, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am. 
He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He's never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Psalm 1. David comes before he writes the Psalms. He said, let me just draw a line in the sand here. You need to be rooted in the Word. You may need to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And before I do anything else, let me just tell you this. This is what you need. This is the beginning of a relationship with God. This is how you get deepened, rooted in everything that I have for you. And if you're in a, in a, in a place and wherever your level of growth is in God, it, is, it stays important. It's not just for group two. It's for all of us. But even more, if you're in that group that you just met God. You just met him, and now you need to be rooted. And if you don't know how, I mean, I, I was wonderful. I went to my cell group leader. And I said, I have no idea how to read my Bible. That's okay. You have people around you that can learn, that can teach you. Let's pray together. Let's stand together and pray. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father, for your goodness in our lives, for the word that, that, that you've given us, Father. Thank you that your word is the final authority in our lives, that we, when we take the word, we grow, Father. We fertilize the soil in our hearts. And Lord God, I, th I pray this morning for each and every one of us here that we will get rooted in your, in your word, Lord, rooted as Christians, that we will grow, Father, and, and that we will not stagnate or become passive as a Christian, but that we will grow. And we will seek out relationship. We will seek out voices around us that can help us grow to the next level. So that it can help us grow so that we can meditate and, and memorize and get the scriptures in our lives. And that we will know that the Satan, might, Satan might have a plan, but your plan is greater. Your plan is in victory. You've already conquered everything on the, on the cross. So Father, I thank you this morning that that as we speak about this, that you will loosen something in our hearts. And that we will realize that we need more of you, Lord. We need an active daily moment of being rooted in your word. And Lord, I just want to throw off every condemnation today for those of, you, of us that we feel guilty because we're not reading the word. We feel guilty because we're not doing this or that. Thank you, Lord, that your love never change. And that your love always say that I love you no matter if you read the Bible or not. But you're going to see more of my love if you read it. So, Lord, I pray this morning that, that you will help us to step into your grace as we grow. To step into your grace as we find more of you. And thank you, Lord, that we will see your love even more and more and more. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.